Good morning and welcome to a special edition of the Vision for You. My name is Larry Kay and I am the host for the presentation this morning. Today is Sunday, August 28, 2022. Let me give you the share ID numbers for Friday, August 26th for the uh, uh, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that number is 19,334. That's 19334. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, that number is 19,335. 19335. This morning, the Vision for You presents 10th Step Solution to Healing in Recovery. You know, the, the big book reminds us that if we are to recover from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, well, we're going to have to have what has been described as a spiritual awakening. In fact, uh, Bill Wilson used a number of words to describe the very same thing. He talked about a personality change, a spiritual transformation, a revolutionary change, and, and many other ways. And even on page 27, Dr. Jung uh, described this, this experience that we call a spiritual awakening to Roland Hazard. And he said that this phenomenon results in huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. He went on to say that ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men, are suddenly cast to one side. And a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. And presuming that, you know, we put the food down, we embark on this practical program of action, we implement these steps, we experience this revolutionary change that they're talking about. It's spiritual in nature, right? And, but, but what then? What then? How, how does one maintain this state of recovery? In other words, how does one stay in fit spiritual condition, in alignment with the higher power of their own understanding? Steps 10, 11, and 12 allow us to continue to improve and to practice. And joining us this morning to discuss step 10 and, and some of the profound impact it's had on her recovery is Karen Kay from New York. And Karen is a dedicated member of Overeaters Anonymous. She's committed to carrying a message of hope that recovery is indeed possible. And even with the sirens in the background, recovery is sustainable. And so it is with great pleasure that we welcome Karen Kay to the line this morning. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Larry. Karen. And hi, uh, Larry, you there? I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I could hear you. Great. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Larry. And um, it's a, definitely a privilege to be able to share on step 10. And we'll be touching on a few other things too, 11 and 12. My name is Karen Kay, recovered compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York. And my credits do not transfer. Step 10, you know, what is, what is step 10 for me, you know? I have to stop and do a pause there. But before we do that, um, if you guys want to get your big books ready, I have a couple of pages that kind of were profound for me in uh, preparing for this talk. And, you know, set aside everything I think I know about my unmanageability, because that's what step 10 is, is looking at my unmanageability in life and bringing God in to, to show me the truth and to show it to, uh, to heal me. So we'll go to page 14. At the bottom it says, faith without work is, is dead. 
He said, and how appalling true for the alcoholic, for an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and sacrifice for others. He could not survive on certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. The faith would be dead indeed. With us, that's, that's for us, that's truth for us like that. Now, to me, that's like a promise, you know, and I jump ahead on to there is a solution on page um, 17. It says here, the feeling of having shared in a common pearl is the one element that is powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. This tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. So now, you know, for me and my experience when I first came into recovery and then getting on a, a, a vision for you and hearing all you guys, you know, yeah, yeah, big book, I'm a, I'm a covered alcoholic. Um, I'm going to say alcoholic. Compulsive <laughs> uh, you guys are just like so on fire for this program. Like, who are these people? And they said, I want more of that. And that was your common solution is your, uh, the sticking to the literature and sticking to um, what the book teaches and sticking to the ink and not outside the ink. On page 18, but the, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win an entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. So when I start working with someone, you know, and after they say, I ask him, are you done? Because that was said to me, are you done? By the my first sponsor in um, Vision, Judy Kay. God, God bless her. Um, I wanted to go really fast and so I was like ready for the next assignment and the, and the next assignment. And um, she was my first Abby to this uh, program on vision. Um, she really saved my life. And so she was armed with a properly facts about this disease. And she was able to show me the truth, you know, asking me questions like the lies I tell myself. What's that? I, I, don't, I don't lie, right? I'm like, right, sure. So now we're going to go on into we agnostics. Now, what I've learned since I've been in recovery is developing that relation of that relationship of power outside myself, which is, you know, the beginning of step two, you know, um, developing that relationship. What is it? Am I going to trust it? Well, it's kind of in step three. So the We Agnostics chapter is such a beautiful, beautiful, I mean, what a wordsmith Bill uh, W. was, how he put all these words together and knowing that this step two was so important that everybody find a power. And it was said to me, if I don't find a power, you know, by the time I get to step four, I'm screwed. I'm absolutely screwed. I need that power to do that searching and fearless moral inventory of myself. Jumping head, as I usually do. But on page 45, lack of power, that was our dilemma. 
We had to find a power by which we could live. And it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Obviously, but were we, where and how were we, were we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main objective is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means what we have written this book, and we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. So it's already talking about, you know, a spiritual program. It's not a spiritual part of the program. It's a spiritual program. And going on the top of page um, 47, when and therefore we speak to you, excuse me, when and therefore we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies to, to other spiritual expressions and which you find in this book. Oh, so that means we're going to be talking about other spiritual stuff. Oh, so uh, this is, you know, I don't have to be like, be surprised when this, when, when this shows up again. And the beautiful part about this, it's, it's, it's in Bill's story, but I, I didn't want to go back that far. You know, I think I want, and I don't keep names very clear. I think when Abby, like, said to Bill, like, well, why, hey, why don't you find your own conception of, of God? I think Bill was, like, a little bit relieved about that. You know, and and um, now I don't force that too much, but I used to say to people, you know, and this is how God's guiding me, you know, it's it's always ever-changing. Uh, once you write out your perfect relationship, and in the beginning when that was going on, people thought it was like a person, you know, so like, writing this, like, two-page thing, and it's like, they're all done reading it to me, and we're on Zoom, and I'm looking at them, and I said, can a person fill that for you? And they say, no, who can? And they go either say God or something outside myself. You see, step two is really underutilized. And so it's really important that, you know, some time is spent in that area, you know, before we actually get to a step 10 so we can have that relationship in place. And page 52, into we, and into we agnostics, the bedevilments, I'm not going to read the whole paragraph, but the paragraph right after that, it said, when we saw others solve their problem by a simple reliance on the spirit, capital S, of the universe, you, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. So why not? Why not try that? Why not try that power outside of myself? Then on page 60 and how it works, the first requirement is that we be, we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. On the basis, we're almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives were good. So, you know, this is important because when I'm working with others or just in my life in general, because the program's great, it's easy to sponsor people. It's easy to be with people on the program. But this is to get me to be a, an adult in life. You know, um, if I can look at my motives when I do certain things or when I'm asked to do certain things, sometimes I, I pray about them, you know, and I listen, for the, I listen for the truth. And that's so important. The truth is so, so important. Again, in how it works, selfishness, self-centeredness, that is, 
we think is a root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows, and they retaliate. Sometimes they, they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we had made decisions based on self, which later placed me, oops, placed us in a position to be hurt, which is a nice builder for resentment. You notice it doesn't say we're not driven by a hundred forms of self-centered fear. No, it's selfishness, fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. Again, on how it works, it's really important. This blocks me from the sunlight of the spirit being able to do an effective 10 step. Resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stems all forms of spiritual disease. We have been not only mentally and physically ill, but we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. Oh, so it's telling me that this is spiritual and it's going to straighten out me physically and mentally. So that means that connection with power outside myself is crucially important. On page six, on uh, page 67 in how it works, we avoid retaliation of, or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. This is like a little paragraph, like, you know, Bill kind of getting us ready here. You know, there's something we might be able to do that, but we can't do it quite now. And it's like getting ready to do a 10-step. Just want to back up the bus here for a second. Um, when I start working with people, we start on step, we, we start on upon awakening and retire at night and practicing them doing 10, 11, 12, the best of their ability. Because when they're working the steps, you know, when the food's down, they're going to be, they're going to feel more, feel our emotion more. So they have an ability to do a step 10, like again, to the best of their ability. There's uh, an, an OA uh, toolkit that they can use, uh, little spot check things to, to through throughout the day. Because it makes them more aware of what's going on and uh, it helps them to have that connection with power and, um, it's been my experience that it helps people to do a more effective uh, four-step because they've been practicing and they're more and more aware of their, you know, what makes them tick. Um, on page 68, we never apologize to anyone for depending upon our creator. We can laugh at those who think spiritual, who think spirituality is a way of weakness. Paradox, paradoxically, is the way of strength. The verdict of all ages ages is faith means courage. Faith means courage. Isn't that beautiful? All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. 
We can ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be at once. We commence to grow without fear. Now, I wish I could like right here and tell all you guys that I don't, I don't, I don't have any fear, but it certainly has dialed down. Um, and God has revealed to me through meditation, and we're going to be uh, getting that in a little bit here about about fear, resentment, you know, self pity, all those things that we're trying to look for when um, going throughout the day as God is my director and God is my employer. In the chapter Into Action, page 72, we have admitted certain facts. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We have put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Now these are about to be cast out. Isn't that beautiful? If they're to be cast out, they're going to be gone. Well, for a little while, but the, the, the best that we can do at step four is the best that we can do, or I could do at step four. Because there was many curtains to my to my recovery. Um, if God showed me everything I needed to know about myself on my first four steps, I would probably either die of joy that I'm being all cast out and everything's removed. My God is so loving and patient and kind. He reveals to me what I need to right at the time. This requires action on our part, which when completed, it will mean We'll have admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects. This brings us to the fifth step, the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. And we're going to skip on to into action. Page 84. I'd like to look look at this as... um, getting ready to do step 10 but as you see i start people here this thought brings us to step 10 which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along we vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past now for them and to me, um, when I went through the steps again, it's basically all I could do for that day, you know, something that happened that um, day. We have entered into the world of the spirit, another capital S. Our next function is to grow in understand, understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should, con- it should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And I, I can't stress this enough. When these crop up, I wish, if anything could change in the big book, would, I would put periods and put it all in caps and italicize. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. God first. When these crop up, I go to God. Then we discuss with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then, and I missed this, I missed the boat on this, you guys. Then we turn our thoughts to someone we can help. 
love and tolerance is the code. Uh, love and tolerance of others is our code. Wow. So usually before I do a 10 step, I've been going to God more. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking of someone I can help. Now, help is, you know, it's a dirty word. I'm getting down in battle here. But it doesn't always mean someone in the program. Yes, in the beginning, it was somebody in the program. I'm newly married now. So it's like, you know, my husband is a normie. He just doesn't get this whole process. Um, when I get a little weird, or probably before I need to do a 10-step, he says, you, I think you need to might call one of your people. Um, and also, what helps me to do this next, cu- this next couple of lines here, it says, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We are seldom interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as if from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find at this time has happened automatically. Now, I wish I could say that it automatically does for me. I'll never fall short from being a human being. Well, what's really important, I would say the past nine months through meditation, um, God spoke to me very clearly. It wasn't auditory. It was in my heart. Go deeper. So when I look at this selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, no pun intended, I'll call it the cookie cutter 10 steps. Because I can go right through and let me see. Um, I'm afraid of doing this talk today on vision for you because it affects my uh, personal relationships, my fear, uh, my finances, and my pride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do I owe vision for you an apology? Uh, no. Um, so I'm not going to speak about this to anybody else. Um, so I'll go help somebody. Now, that dials it down maybe four notches for me. Okay. Then I go deeper and deeper. And my God shows me the truth. Not not focusing on the path, but the truth. When I was four years old to about 10 years old, I could not speak. I stuttered almost every other word. That is the root. My God was there when I couldn't speak like I could do today. Now, that's the root for me. doesn't mean I live there. doesn't mean I stay there. It's grace. And the chances of me getting nervous lessens and lessens and lessens because I'm not spinning on the same, the same tent set four or five times a day. You know, but it took me a while, you know, and my falling, being obedient to my God to say, look, you need to go deeper. And it doesn't mean going into the past or I should have done that in the fourth step. No, there's a curtain there. God showed me the curtain. God opened up the curtain and showed me the truth. And there's been so much healing by going deeper. So much healing. There was one 10 step I did on, um, 
Oh, gee, isn't that wonderful? I can't remember. That means God took it. It, it had something to do with um, scarcity, uh, fear of that. And I remember going back in time and remembering opening up the kitchen cupboards and there was no food. And I remembered being a child and having the same outfit I wore all year for school from Christmas on. It was always clean. It was always so, um, uh, so. Now, did I cry about the past? No, no. It was grace. Because there's never no scarcity. There's always enough. Sometimes too much. I'm always, I'm always embraced by my God. My God is taking care of me, always has. So I don't always have to really spin on scarcity stuff. You know, sometimes I do. I will never fall short of being a human being. But a lot of my 10 steps are not like they were before. I'm going to go on for a little bit more here. Um, okay, on page 85. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither a cocky or nor afraid. That is our experience. This is how we react as long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. That means upon awakening for me, retiring at night, taking my God throughout the day, letting him hold my hand, letting him be there when, you know, Last night, um, I got a, a text from my best friend of uh, 37 years that her mother is, you know, the doctor said she's going to be, you know, going. And she's been suffering for, for two years. And I was very calm when I went into the nursing home to see her. And um, what a grace, what um, a privilege it was to be there. And then my human will got involved and then I became afraid. I called four people and then the fifth person called me back and I didn't get permission to use that, that person's name. That person called me back and I knew it was important to clear the slate, the decks before I went to bed. It was so important. And the service I did now, I could have been on group meeting, excuse me, that's an outside issue. I could have been on, a group, uh, uh, WhatsApp, whatever, you know, outreach thing. And, um, but no, no, my husband works seven days a week. So I came home and I packed his lunch. And that's um, so, so important for me about service. Again, on page 85, towards the bottom, if we have carefully followed these directions, we have done to sense a flow of his spirit into us, capital H, capital S. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. Then we go in talking about um, step, step 11. And this is, this is so cool. Um, this uh, we, this whole we, this whole retiring at night. When on page eighty six, when we retire at night, we constructively. That doesn't mean we hit ourselves with a with a board. We constructively is our day. 
Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Well, that just kind of sets the stage. You know, sometimes I don't know what I'm feeling, and I got to need someone to kind of help me sort it out. But I always go to God first. God, person, self. God always goes first. And then, and and I have to know in my mind, in my heart, put my thoughts towards someone I can help. All that has to like bloom up like a, like a, a bouquet of flowers. Do I owe an, an apology? And I hope by, for most people, this is retiring at night. So hopefully, God willing, and willingness to me is willingness to do the steps, so I'm doing God's will. You know, there isn't anybody I need to make an apology because then it's like, what, eight or nine at night and I can't get the person and I got to wait till the next morning and then I'm not going to get enough sleep and that's just how I work. Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? Well, that's kind of why I made that that call last night. It was important for me to do that so I could let it go just just it's it's i don't i don't want to have things that i hold on to that i don't share with with uh, with another person were we kind and loving towards all well i like examples from the people i work with i like to call them people i work with um you know i don't care if you open doors for people or I do care, um, or you let five people into traffic at the New York State Fair, or, um, you know, you, uh, you saw a stranger looking down and walking and you said hello. Perhaps that could have been that person's only hello for that day. Of course, it means getting down dirty and deep and helping people. That goes without saying. These steps are designed for living in rough going and also in good going and showing up for life as an, as a, a person that can appreciate life. So I'm hoping at this point in the game, at, at night, it's, it's, it's a no, but sometimes it, it really can be. Will we kind and loving towards all? I hope so. Sometimes I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm a human being. Sometimes I don't get enough sleep. Sometimes um, I, I don't let go of stuff, let go or be dragged. Sometimes that is that that is me. I mean, I'm so grateful that I have this program that can show me how to grow up. What could have we done better? And um, this is this this is really cool. What I like this part, Bree, uh, the whole retiring at night is kind of like a like a uh, last hurrah of a day of a test that was kind of like um, what could have we done better? And this is not beating yourself up again. For me, is I probably should have taken a nap, or um, I, I didn't return all all the calls I got today, or I wasn't as kind to my husband as I wanted to be. Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? I got to a point where I did uh, percentages: twenty, eighty, eighty, meaning not twenty, or sometimes. It's all about me. It's not much, but I, I'm not much, but it's all I think about. Some days are are that way. I can be so entrenched in life 
and not accepting life on life's terms and just, you know, again, I don't have to be perfect. It's okay to be Karen. Or were you thinking what we could do for others? Now, on the upon awakening part in my in my um, writing, I do ask my God, what can I do for somebody else today? And then again, it goes into, are we thinking of what we could do for others? Of what we could pack into the stream of life? I like that part because, yes, it's program, but what am I doing outside the box of program for others? And this is, I think a lot of, I mean, some of the people I, I work with, I know for me for a while, I like skip this whole part, you know. But we must be careful to not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. I mean, think about it. I just said my 10 step, and I'm beating myself up about it, or I can't let go of something, and I'm letting it drag me. I'm in morbid reflection. I'm an addict. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a compulsive eater, you know, and it's, that's my disease thinking. And it only can be with a spiritual solution. And this is part of my spiritual solution and healing is in step 10. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Or morbid reflection. For that would diminish our usefulness to others. After making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. And that's the beautiful part. You know, there's always room for improvement. You know, I never want to think I've arrived on anything in in program or in life because God has a way of right-sizing me. On page um, 87 in Into Action at the bottom, As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the next, and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times a day, thy will be done. I have a wonderful person in my life, my spiritual director. And he always says to me when I'm all in a tizzy about something, he'll say, Karen, thy will be done. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. That's a period for me. I mean, thy will be done. I mean, it's going to happen, or God's will is done. I mean, it's going to happen whether I want it to or not. Then again, it carries on to we are in much less of danger, of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not retire so easily, for it is not burning up energy foolishly. Oh, how many times I've done that. As we did when we are trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. And with that, I'll pass. Oh, Karen, thank you so much for uh, a beautiful, straightforward share. It was really helpful, and uh, we we uh, we appreciate that. 
we're going to we're going to transition to an opportunity to ask a question of Karen. But Karen, I'm going to share this quick story because you talk about <laughs> my credits don't transfer, and I and I remember taking a class in my undergraduate years uh, over the summer, and it was called Abnormal Psychology and Modalities of Treatment. And I thought I'd game the system, right, Karen? And I, I went back to my university. They took it at a local, play, local university here and went back, and they said, Larry, your credits for this class aren't going to transfer. And I thought, no, wait a minute. Number one, you know, it should transfer, darn it. And number two, I, I'm, you know, I'm a case study in abnormal psychology, personally. So it should, <laughs> it should transfer. But our credits don't always transfer, right? Who knows why? They just don't. So thank you for that, uh, for that verbiage for me, too. So with that, thanks for indulging me. Um, let's, let's transition to questions for Karen. So if you have a question for Karen, uh, please unmute by pressing star one. Give me your uh, first name and last initial, and we'll we'll get started. Who would like to uh, ask a question? Diane G from Canada. Diane, oh Canada. Who else? Joy B, San Francisco. Rick J. Phil M. Loretta A. One moment. Hey, Larry K. This is Katie G. Could you please press star one to unmute your phone? It appears we've missed you. There you are. Thank you. Shirley. Shirley, I could do that. And quick call me Shirley. Okay, I heard Diane, Pete, Joy, Rick, Phil, <laughs> Philomena, Gloria, and Loretta. Who did I miss? Natalie M. And Natalie. That's a good group there, you guys. Let's see where we're at. We only have Karen for the next 10 hours. So let's go with the first round, and <laughs> and we'll go with Diane followed by Pete. Diane, good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> Pardon me. This is Diane G. from Canada, a gratefully recovered compulsive reader. And um, thank you, Larry and Karen, for your service. And this week, I was speaking to somebody else who uh, we're both fairly new to the program. And there were two things that we were discussing that we've heard along the way, but we didn't know about. So I said I would ask today um, the two things, and she's also listening. So the two things we were going to ask about is um, the two-way prayer and the daily, uh, daily reprieve. So if you don't mind, please explaining those to us. Thank you. Okay. Um, the the, the uh, two-way prayer is something that uh, Dr. Bob and Bill W. started with. And basically, we um, there's lots of meetings out there on Zoom, too. Um, having some quiet time, perhaps a third-step a third step prayer. And then we read some something spiritual, um, whatever happens to be the the, thing, the, uh, the reading for the day. And then we spend um, about six minutes in asking God for direction or something of a question or looking for direction and, and waiting for the response or starting out with my, my dear child and just let the hand flow until it exhausts that my hand cannot write anymore. 
And then after that, we um, we uh, pray for others. We certainly don't pray for myself, but we pray for others only if it's in the usefulness of someone else uh, to uh, pray to pray for others. And then going into some gratitudes. And as a community, we close up and we go out and spread the good news for for the day. Um, the daily reprieve. Well, all I have is just today. So it's like being recovered and not cured one day at a time. Sometimes it's one hour at a time. Um, keeping with my breath, keeping in the now. And the daily reprieve, you know, because you know, you're still, you just came in. And by the way, welcome home. Um, as time goes on, the daily reprieve will be, wow. I didn't think about food today. Wow, I don't want I don't want to do that today. Um, God's doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. It's one day at a time, the daily reprieve. And there may be something in the big book, but I don't know exactly. I don't want to be flip, flipping pages. But it's grace. That's what Thanks for the question. Okay. Yeah. Th- thanks so much uh, for the question, Diane, and uh, and for the answer on that, Karen. Okay. Next up, we have Pete, uh, followed by Joy. Brother Pete, good morning. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for your service. Appreciate it. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Karen, thank you for your presentation. Can you please talk more about what growing and understanding and effectiveness means for you? Uh, Pete, did you say growing and understanding and effectiveness for me? I just want to make sure I heard that. Yeah. I'm getting old. I'm I'm getting I'm getting some hearing aids, Pete. Just want to make sure I understand. Uh, Growing means um, teachable for me, regardless of what I think I know. Uh, Keyword: I think I know. Uh, And what was the middle word again? I'm sorry. In, in step 10, when it says we get to step 10, our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. Okay, and my question so, is I'd like to understand what that means for you. Okay, so growing for me, the person that came into OA is not the person that's sharing today. And in, in, in knowing that, in my effectiveness is being able to listen and talk less. And understanding that the beauty is in silence for me and listening to God more, taking that pause. And the effectiveness is for me is obviously the food's down. Basically, the next morning when I wake up, I'm so grateful I didn't say blank, 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 and blank to that person. Or I call it keeping my cake hole shut. And, and making sure I'm being kind to those people around me and kind to myself because I cannot be effective in my program or anywhere in my life if I'm practicing old behaviors. Okay. Th- thanks for the question, Pete and Karen, and uh, for the answer. Next up, we have Joy followed by Rick. Good morning, Joy. 
Good morning. Thank you, Larry, for hosting. Oh, Karen, I can't tell you, as a newcomer, uh, I, I'm, you know, ever aged, but many years in OA, but just coming into a vision, how valuable your step-by-step, you're pointing to pages, and you're talking about your progress has been to me. Thank you so much. God bless. My question for you is, okay, so I'm I'm just approaching and doing step four, and it's becoming a book. It's going to be a three-part series in a minute. I've been writing and writing and writing. What's the scope of step four? How do you know it's time to stop and move on? Wow. Yeah, that's called the um, bio, the bio method. <laughs> Writing my story. It's very simple, Jordan. I'm, I'm very sorry that you've put yourself through all that. It's very simple in the big book. Um, page uh, 68, I believe. If you go to page, um, hold on. It's in how it works. You're going to see some columns. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm page 65. You just list your resentments. What I did is I listed my I listed my resentments. I listed my fears. I listed all my sex conduct, and it wasn't any, everybody who I took my clothes off with. It was also the harms I caused other people, and how God would have me be. And it's not blaming. So it's very simple, straightforward. On page 65, you look at that example, I'm resentful at Mr. Brown, the cause. Go down through it. It affects mine. And and usually, it's just like what I had read in in, in the book, you know, where, where was I selfish, self-centered, frightened? You know, where does that, you know, flow in there? And in the, um, in the relationship one is, um, you know, how would God have me be? How would God have me be like one example? Um, I um, used men for food and money, sex, okay? Not a ladylike way to, to behave, okay? So I get into recovery, and I'm doing my fourth and fifth step, and I'm not doing that behavior. I made a decision a long time ago that until there were two rings on my finger or a man I was to go on a date with, was going to be my potential husband. And that when um, I was not going to have that special sacred time with my husband until my honeymoon. And little did I know, six months later, I met my husband. And this October 16th, we had been married a year. That's one straightforward example. And yeah, I'm being recorded on that one. Very simple. Straightforward. No more than two hours. And make I have a time, please, with, with, with your sponsor that you're going to do this. And then as you do the four-step, make enough time you spend an hour alone with God. Say, did I miss anything? It's not a beating up session. Just ask your God, did I miss anything? Hook back up with your sponsor again an hour later, and then you get to read the promises on step five. And that's the sponsor's, you know, guide, her guide to show you uh, what the uh, promises are in step five. Then you go on to step six and seven, boom, boom, and you're ready to go. So with that, I'll pass. Okay, thanks for the question, Joy. Next up, we have Rick, followed by Phil. 
Hey, Rick, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much, Karen. Um, I always love hearing about, uh, you know, these these steps that continue uh, keeping us in that path of growth and uh, effectiveness and understanding. And one thing I'm still finding a challenge, you know, is, is I go through the day, you know, when I leave my little spiritual pink bubble, you know, of my morning meditation and I'm out there hitting it, you know, that's when I'm, uh, I'm most vulnerable to my own self-will starting to run riot. Do you have a way of, you know, is like pausing, there's the pausing and then there's that um, continuing to watch out for the selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Do you, do you have a way of, you know, knowing like when, what triggers you to pause when you're agitated or doubtful and, and are you able to, you know, kind of bring that to God first? Um, or do you just automatically kind of do a step 10, um, you know, spot check inventory? I was just wanting to know a little bit about like what, what going through the day looks like for you and then when you're pausing and how you combine steps 10 and 11. That's a, that's an excellent uh, question. Um, what's awesome for me is um, yesterday I went to the New York state fair. So there was quite a few people there, people that were stoned and people that were just standing in line, but they weren't standing in line. So I was able to, by God's grace, um, I laugh at stuff internally, like, is this really happening? Um, sometimes in traffic, God's given me this grace of actually, like, laughing about something that I would normally get upset about. Um, with, it happens more with my husband, um, where it's the most challenging for me, where most of my spot checks are. Um when we were getting ready to get married, they had us to do a movie about our relationship. So I said, happy wife, happy life. And the uh, person leading the uh, retreat said, um, that's not a song or a movie. I go, that's my movie. And my husband will tell me, I'm sorry, this is not going to your movie, babe. And I said, no, we are in a commercial break and using some humor. You know, and then I can go back and, um, you know, call someone or God will just put some light on it for me. And, um, you know, a lot of amends are made to uh, my husband. And what I try to do is if it's a repeated thing is trying not to do the behavior for um, at least a couple of weeks and then do my verbal amends. Because if my belief and my feet are not walking into the way I believe, I'm not practicing the way that God would like me be. So that's what kind of works for me. Uh, a humor works. And, um, and sometimes it, I just, the defects fly. Someone told me um, being in a relationship is like having your character defects on steroids. So I get that, you know, I'm all, I'm all with God. I've been in my upon awakening meeting and I'll get ready to go out and life hits me. And I use um, different prayers of protection that, all, that also helps. And with that, I'll pass. Okay. Thanks for the question, Rick. And next up, we have Phil followed by Gloria. I know her as Philomena, but I'm Lawrence, but anyway. Hey, Phil, good morning. <laughs> Sorry, getting the full title here, Lawrence. Thank you. Um, I'm 
Phil, yes, a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Northern Ireland. And Karen, thank you so much for your wonderful share. Uh, I'm really interested to hear about how your understanding of your higher power uh, and what your higher power is has developed over the course of your time in a way and then particularly in working your, your 10 steps, please. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I always knew growing up that there was a God with all the destruction and stuff growing up, <clears throat> excuse me, that there was a God that was there with me. And then, you know, getting off the alcoholic foods and becoming clearer, I could see what a fog I was in. And and God can only do that. And being in relationship, you know, um, and, and, you know, writing to God and, and listening to God, seeing God in nature, and through other people, especially when it's someone I don't like, and asking God to let me look at that person as my God would want him to, you know, look at the, look at this person with loving eyes, put my higher power between me and that person and speak loving words. I didn't have that before I got into program. Um, and ask, constantly asking for grace. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. And sometimes it's like, I want to be the God with, with a little G, you know? And I, I mean, I don't know whoever said it, but I go by the belief of I'll never fall short of being a human being. And also when I, when I, um, when I work, uh, there's this one company is just so sad and I try to bring joy when I go in there. Um, small talk, you know. Um, you know, looking at um, when 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 people are 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 sad, just to be an opening ear and listen. Discovering and knowing I'm just a grain in the sand, and my higher power carries me through everything. Um, yeah, my higher, my God picked my uh, husband. I knew it on the first date that I was going to marry him. It's deeper. It's deeper. God's always challenging me to go deeper and deeper and, and trying not to be afraid and trust. And um, I do the best I can. But sometimes my will will get in there and I'll block that sunlight of, of the spirit. And then I'll say to myself, how is that working for you? I'm the one that moved. I don't move away as much as as I used to. With that, I'll pass. Thanks for the question, Phil. Okay, Gloria, followed by Loretta. Gloria, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service, and thank you, Karen, for your service this morning. Um, so I have a lot of questions, but I'm going to boil it down to the one that has been on my mind for a while. Um, so I've been through the steps two or three times, and I've really never um, 
done 10 steps too much. But recently, I find myself um, more, I don't work with anyone. I'm pretty much alone all day by myself every day because um, I work from home. But I, I see that I'm, like, frustrated or, or anxious. I get anxiety. I get frustrated just about work and whatever. And then I see my, I feel myself. I want to eat, or I'm eating over those two things. How do you do a, do I need to do, or how do I do a tenth step on those? Because I'm not harming anyone but myself. So with that, thing, I'll pass on my question. Thank you. That's a, that's. I think that happens to a lot of people. I know for me, um, before I came into OA, I had automatic behaviors that um I didn't know and then I then I discovered them um when I did my artwork and stuff like that you know before OA I needed to um get a structure for myself a daily a daily routine that included God and it I I don't remember what page it was that the purpose of this big book is to be, you know, um, to find my own God and the spiritual solution. The spiritual solution will help my, my, my mental and physical. So it's connection with God. Who moves, Gloria? You know, um, um, who moves? And inviting, to me, I'm a visual person. So I have things around my desk when I'm on Zoom because I need to remind it that, um, you know, love is patient, love is kind. I need to, you know, remember those things, uh, you know, before I share or do I not share. Um, you know, working from home, there's, there is opportunities, you know, uh, for breaks um, and to constantly ask for God and a 10 step is you know you don't have to, like I mentioned earlier you don't have to have okay I'm selfish I'm fearful I can say I don't know what the heck's going on but this is what I'm feeling did I harm anybody yeah yeah you harmed yourself you know and we think I mean I thought when I was eating I wasn't harming anybody but I was I wasn't as productive at work I wasn't um is, is kind to of myself or anybody else around me or who I was on the phone with. So I used to think that I didn't harm anyone. Um, so I would, what a step are you on? I don't recall you saying what a step you're on. Well, if you're on step 10, obviously you'd want to do step 10. Or work on the step you're with, um, and continue to work to work the steps and find. Um, and I really hope that you have a sponsor. And also, it's good to have a God Squad. And what a God Squad is is having people that I can connect with and call. And what's great is there's people all over the world that I can call when I'm nuts, especially first thing in the morning. That's when my disease wants to attack me the most. So what step am I on? Who can I help? That's really big in the big book. When all when all other measures fail, help another alcoholic. With that, I'll pass. 
Thanks for the question, Gloria. Okay, Loretta, followed by Natalie. Good morning, Loretta. Good morning, Larry, and good morning, Karen, my soul sister. I know that a couple weeks ago you had some challenges, and my favorite paragraph in the big book is, the darkest past is our greatest asset. And so I just wonder specifically how you got through those days with our program and kind of what you did, walk me through what you did those days. Thank you. Thank you, Loretta. Well, I was very afraid. My um, husband was in a quarantine room with the orange stripe across the door. I had to wear a suit to go in to see him. I didn't think he was going to make it. And did a lot of spot checks. What was unusual, like two weeks before that, uh, he went by ambulance, and that was not as tragic. Um, but I didn't, to be very honest, um, that one... I didn't give myself the grace of a 10-step for a day. So I was acting out sideways, sideways, passive-aggressive, sideways. Um, this this time when he was in the hospital for f- four days, I still don't know what he had or what he got or how he got it, um, was to reach out and ask for help, do 10 steps, um, I couldn't get on my um, morning awakening meeting like I wanted to. And I do this thing, I call it scrambling my brains. And I just put on a movie and just laid on the couch and just fell asleep to that. And then I realized after the situation was done, like three to four days after, I, all my character defects just started to come out. And then I was reminded that I'm human. You know, things like this come after, you know, a big, a big event. God gives me the courage to get through it. Um, one thing that was very beautiful, my, my husband and I pray together and, um, we were, we were praying in his room and the, uh, um, as we were praying right at that moment, the hospital uh, chaplain came in to pray with us. And it was beautiful how he said, may God bless and protect this marriage. It was a beautiful thing. And, um, and reaching out and using, you know, the tools and, and asking and asking for help and doing the best I could with that I'll pass. Thanks so much for that. Okay, next up is Natalie. Good morning, Natalie. Hi, this is Natalie from California. Thanks, Larry. And thank you so much, Karen, for your share. Um, Super helpful. I really like the part where you emphasize um, the three-prong approach where God always first and then a person. And then there was a third part to that. So I was going to, this is a two-part question. What's the third part of that three-prong approach? And when you turn to God, um, what does that look like? Um, what does prayer look like to you? And how does God respond? How do you discern his response? 
Thanks. Natalie, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I said it in, I said it in the wrong form. <laughs> it's about God self sponsor. I was getting a lot of calls. Um, one or two, one or two particular weeks, and the the person was saying, "Well, my sponsor said, and my sponsor said, and my, I'm like, I don't want that much responsibility." So I said, "God, self sponsor," because when people are starting out, they're doing ten, eleven, twelve, the best of their ability. Well, they're before we go in into step one, and um. To, to go with God first, then my discernment, and it's, I don't mean to sound trite, I don't have like a clear cut, you know, experience at right at the moment, but it's yes, no, maybe wait, is God's, is God's response. And um, sometimes I don't always know. Um, sometimes I get um, like stuck in traffic, and then I find out like two miles down there was a big car crash. And if I would have left, you know, 20 minutes earlier, I could have been in that. Um, I try not to figure out God. I like the uh, mystery. It allows me to trust in him more. God, life is a mystery. And that's and that's the fourth dimension. You know, is, is like, you know, when uh, Loretta asked that other question, I was in the, I was in the fourth dimension. You know, I had to, I had needed it to trust as best as I could. Um, you know, on discernment is practice. I have to make sure I'm not listening to um, my will and um, be still and listen to that voice, you know, that's not mine. And sometimes, you know, the chatter is so loud, I, I, I'm not able to do it. But God always shows up. That's my favorite saying. God always shows up. I think I answered the questions. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go now uh, with the last round of questions for Karen. So if you have a question, press star one to unmute and give me your first name. And I might even catch the last initial. Maybe not. Who wants a question? Who has a question for Karen? Yeah. I heard Alexis. Christina J. Christina G. Peggy P. Christina. Chris. Peggy. Janet. Alice. Janet. Alice. Okay. All right. We're going to stop with Alice and Bonnie, and we'll see see how far we get here. But I heard, and some of this might have got mixed in. We'll find out. Alexis, Kate, Christina, Chris. Peggy, Janet, Alice, and Bonnie. So I may have uh, merged a couple of those here, but we'll find out. So let's start off with Alexis. Good morning, Alexis. Press star one. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Karen. Um, my question is, do you always agree with your sponsor or can you disagree um, according to your own conscience and um, what you feel God is leading you to? And, uh, you know, if she's telling you to do something and it's not what 
you think God wants you to do. Um, that's one. And then the other one is, um, what is it? Oh, uh, are your, all your character defects removed? Are you flawless in step seven? I think that's clear, um, Alexis. Okay, Karen. Thank you. No, I don't always agree with my sponsor. Not at all. I mean, if I'm resisting the truth, I usually know that. Um, my sponsor is not um, um, a god to me. Uh, they're just there to show me, especially this last time I went around, it got was so much more clear. I, I thank her so much for everything she did. And and she had a lantern and she just showed me. And, um, you know, and uh, what I see, the biggest thing with about a sponsor, uh, whether it's agreeing or not agreeing, how one, how free do I want to be? Okay. So if I want to be free and she wants me to do X, Y, and Z. If I want to be free, I will do those things. You know, um, you know, and how right do I want to be? Do I want to be right or do I, or do I want to be happy? So my God always comes first. And then my discernment during that prayer time. And then, you know, another person. Uh, or a sponsor of, uh, of like a team of like five people that I'm working with now as a regular guide squad. Um, so, you know, if my sponsor is saying, um, you know, you might want to look at your meal plan. Um, there's a lot of sugar there and I'm not supposed to have sugar. Or my sponsor will see um, in my 10 steps. You know, you notice there's a lot of ten steps showing in about your husband. You think you might want to do a fourth or fifth on your husband. Those are good directions. But if I'm going to say no, if something's going to help me and set me to be free, then that's my disease talking. So the short answer is, who's talking? Is my disease talking or is my recovery talking when my sponsor is? And how free do I want to be? And heavens, no, I am not flawless. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to ask uh, just in the interest of time for the, uh, the, the standard one-part question. How about we go with the one-part question? Um, so we'll, we'll go with Kate followed by Christina. Was there a Kate or did I merge that? And I may well have. And I think I did. Okay. Christina, press star one. Morning, Larry. Morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of North Carolina, previously from Washington. Karen, thank you for your share. Um, your recovery is wonderful with dealing with all the heavy things you're dealing with. Intuitive voice of God. How do you know? Because, you know, in my experience, I've had many times where a little voice would come through and I would think, oh, that's the answer. And you know, I, what I found out later it was my own will, my own desires getting in the way and telling me it was the right thing. So as you progress in your recovery, how has that voice really become trustworthy for you? Thank you. I'll pass. 
it's, yeah, that's, that's really important because I need a God in my life that speaks the truth. I usually can tell when it's my will because my heart gets really pounding really fast. Um, there's not a lot of grace with it. Uh, an example, like when I went to visit my friend last night, and they let me right in the nursing home at like 9 or 9.30 at night. That doesn't ever happen. And they just let me walk into a room. And I was able to be there. She held my hand and, you know, to tell her what a beautiful friend she is and a mother and good and faithful servant of God. I was able to give the grace to tell her. But then when I left, there was like a chill down my back, knowing it was, knowing it was the right thing to do. And I even told my husband when we, when we were at the fair, I said, we're just going to, you know, go, we're going to go do, finish up what we're going to do because if I'm supposed to see her, I will see her. And, you know, I think, I think in the beginning, as I, I, I was, you know, getting off the food and the cobwebs and stuff. As long as I keep that relationship open and be close to God and not move, which I do move, you know, um, and answer that, you know, good orderly direction, you know, what way should I go? And it's, again, yes, no, maybe wait. And you know what? Sometimes I'm going to do my will. I'm going to follow my face. I'm going to pick my, God says to me, Karen, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you keep going. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Okay, we have next up Chris, followed by Peggy. Chris, your turn. Star one, Chris. I think I, All right. I scared you into Good muting morning. yourself. There you are. Good morning. This is Christy. I'm in I'm in East Tennessee. And I have a question. When I did my fourth step, I put on, on my fourth step that I had trouble trusting God. And I I think I also have trouble trusting other people with my tenth step. And I did talk to a wonderful person recently who said if she's upset and she does a tenth step and she's still upset, she does another one. And if she's still upset, she does another one. But then I'm afraid, like, I might ask someone, what do I do? And if they don't tell me what I want to hear, I'll go to somebody else and say, what do I do? And go to somebody else and say, what do I do? Until somebody tells me what I want to hear. It's sort of like Christina J's question. So could you go over that? Yes, um, I, I, I used to do that um in the, in the uh, beverage program, I call that poll taking. Um, and there is the more people I have in my God squad that are not going to co-sign my bullshit, um, that they're going to be truthful with me. But I also find that people that don't know me and I do a 10 step with them, they can be more objective. I've only had very few um, negative experiences, 
like this one person said, well, it sounds like you didn't do a very good four step and you really shouldn't be feeling that way. And you really shouldn't, shouldn't, she was shitting all over me. And I'm like, oh man, I felt bad for the woman. I felt bad for her, you know, to be in that, well, I shouldn't say I felt bad, compassion that I'm not shitting on people or I'm not shitting on myself, you know, um, so there's benefits of, of having people that don't know me in turn defining, you know, on the WhatsApps or whatever that define that, you know, that, you know, that's how I was able to get those cluster of people together about the same 10 step is, um, I think there's four of us doing it now, um, going to the root. It's too easy for me to say that I'm being self-centered. It's too easy for me to say, I'm fear, affects my pride, relationship, but, 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 but. It sounds real nice, and it works for a while. And I still do it, and it gets dialed down, and then I go ask my God to show me the truth. My God is very visual. Um, and it's not like a flashback or anything. It's very, like, grace, real slow, and it shows the original cause. My God was there, too. And that's how I do it when I'm when I, when, I, when I'm on the phone. If it's real, if it's real intense. And what I didn't do last night because God had taken it before I made the phone call. When I was with my friend in the nursing home, see, I've been with a lot of people when they died. My mother, father, yada yada yada. So I was able to say, "This is Nancy. The year is 2022. This is not mom. This is not dad. This is not that was all grace." So I didn't need to go back in time. I just had some fear about losing my a friend that I wasn't driven by the past. I could be present for my friend. So that's all I have with that one. Okay, thanks. And uh, we're going to take it to the top of the hour. So we'll see how quickly we get through. We have Peggy followed by Janet. Peggy, your question. Hi, thank you, Karen. And at one point you mentioned spot checks, and I was wondering if you could explain that. Okay, um, the uh, the spot check is pretty much similar as the uh, the every tire at night. It's the same format. So, like, I don't want to wait until the end of the day on my uh, retire at night to realize that. I was full of fear. I didn't take care of it. Um, I had a fight with someone. I didn't take care of it. It's doing it on the spot, I guess, hence for spot check, um, right away. Because in that 10 step, it says, when these crop up, we go to God immediately. Then we, um, go, you know, we go to God, and then we talk to someone immediately. Do we owe an apology? Let's turn our thoughts to someone that we can help. It's right there in the book. So, and and like I said, again, sometimes I don't know what's going on. And that's when I go to my God squad and they can be really objective with me and just say, you know, it could be this, it could be that. And sometimes we just don't know. But just doing that 10 step helps. So it's a multiple 10 steps of different stuff a day. Um, so I, when I do retire at night, it hopefully, it's not always that way. 
hopefully it's it's clear, the decks are clear, or something I need to approve upon for the next day, or how I may be of service. Because I don't want to right. go to bed thinking, yeah, go. I'm I'm done. Thanks, Larry. No, that that's okay. I didn't want to step on you there. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Janet followed by Alice. Janet, good morning. Good morning. This is Janet E. calling from Idaho. And question about 10 steps. I mean, it's very clear that they're supposed to be done immediately. But in a situation, um, I got myself into some trouble. It was a wedding, several days, so much going on, a lot of family. I didn't do a single one. I'd come home at night and just pass out. So at that point, my sponsor got frustrated with me and moved on. But so have you ever experienced that being in, you know, just so busy not being able to get to it? And I suppose I know the answer, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, well, first of all, I want to express um, um, how sad that, you know, that you were let go be, be, be because of that. Um, God does that for me. Um, so there's a couple things I do. Um, since it is OA approved, we have an OA toolkit, which it has a spot check in it. There's gratitudes and then the upon awakening and retire at night. So I have times, you know, when my husband's like right here, I may go for a walk and act. making the phone call is always the best. But when I'm going to an event or going somewhere, I, I, I book on it. I, I bookend it. I let a couple people know that, look, I'm going to blank, blank, blank. There's going to be some family. There's going to be some dysfunction junction going on. And I may be sending you some texts or emails. Emails are the best because I can just, boom, hit five five people with it. And, you know, everybody has to go to the bathroom, right? So, and then I can, like, read the responses. But it says in the test that we go to God. God, self, sponsor. I go to God first. And then, you know, in that time, you know, it, I loved when I heard on, it, on, on the meeting, uh, I don't know when I heard it, when I'm on my knees, I won't slip. So I, I get to hit my knees, even if, it's, even if it's in the bathroom. You know, if you're at a wedding in a church, maybe at kneelers, I don't know. You know, pray, pray. God saved me from being angry. People call it the sick man's prayer. I call it the anger prayer. God saved me from being angry. How can I be useful to this person? Um, if you were at that stage in your recovery doing 10 steps, it also says on page 102, if I bring, you know, if it's a shaky place for me to be, you know, what can I bring to the occasion for the next time that you're in that, that, you're in that position? But me bookending phone calls, uh, before and after and letting them know if they're going to make sure they're available because I have available people in my life. I used to not like, it was like going to a barbershop looking for a loaf of bread and I, that's not in my life today. Um, so it's important to have available people, not 24 seven, but you know, if I know I'm going somewhere in two weeks, I got plenty of time to find people. And I have to remember People will let me down and things will break. I will let people down and I will break things. All I can do is the best that I can do. God will never, God will never fail me. With that, I'll pass. 
Thanks so much. Okay, Alice, and then follow by our last questioner, Bonnie. Alice, step up to the mic here. Good morning. Good morning. This is Alice A. from Alabama. Thank you for your service, Larry, and thank you, Karen, so much. I really had two questions, but I'm going to limit it to one. I'm very curious about your saying that you sometimes go deeper in a tenth step. Now, you know, is that maybe you've done a couple of them on the same particular thing and you're really not getting the relief you thought you should and that you you hear God saying maybe you need to go a little deeper? It's not on every one, is it? I'll pass and listen to you. Oh, not not on every one. Uh, sometimes it, it is... It is a current event. My experience, most of them are that was not confirmed or I was aware of on my fourth step. It's like God's putting another curtain in front of me and showing me more more truths. They may be very uncomfortable. And that was just something giving to me in meditation. And one day I was on the phone doing a 10-step. And then it just came right out. I did this big, long thing, that long meeting, two minutes. And God was able to to show me the, the a truth. So it's not everyone, but I'll give a percentage for me. Seven out of ten times, my current um, ten step is on something on the past I didn't deal with. And it could be, well, it's three weeks ago. It doesn't have to be years ago. It's something I didn't deal with. It's popping it up again. And with that, I'll pass. Okay. Thanks, Alice. And for our final question for this morning, we have Bonnie. Bonnie Clyde's going to have to wait till next week. So, good morning, Bonnie. <laughs> hey, Larry. I, I think it was Connie. I, I was on that. Oh, time. Connie. Okay. Then no quite. Yeah. Hi, Connie. Good morning. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Karen. Um, I'd like to for you to, and thank you for your service, to elaborate. If I heard you correctly, it sounds like when you first start working with sponsees, you start at the beginning with the steps, but you also have them start doing 10 and 11 to the best of their ability. I know that I've been, I've heard a lot of, you know, and it's been my understanding that the steps are done or should be done in order and that we don't jump ahead before somebody's ready. Maybe, I don't know if I misunderstood you, but if you could just elaborate on what you mean by that, by having somebody new start doing uh, step tens. That would be great. Thank you. Okay. That's yeah. I am. I am unorthodox in that method. <laughs> um, I found when I was sponsored um, to start looking at when things crop up because when the when the food was down, um, you know, I kept spinning on the same things, and it was important because the emotions would come up. And um, I turned into when I was sponsoring um, eight people at one time, I don't recommend that. We started at step 10. I wasn't sponsored that way. But the second time I went through, well, the third time I went through the steps, my sponsor said, you need to be on a two-way prayer meeting. And that brought that connection with God. And then I was able to be very clear about the 10 steps. So I don't force 
keep, I can't force anybody to do anything. But it's important that the, that the person knows the importance of step 10, connecting with the power, clearing off the deck, and, you know, the service may tend to be around the home or they can call a newcomer. We give them out on the meeting every day. I still welcome them and just send them a text. Welcome to OA. Welcome to A Vision for You. Welcome home. I'm new too. You know, the simple forms of service. It doesn't have to be this grand thing. Because um, by the time when they practice that, enough when they get to step one they're starting to establish a relationship with power and i was taken through that away that way again through a longer duration of time and it was just a, a confirmation for me that that was an, an effective way uh, for me i'm not in the results business but also i could see the change in in the person they're on Zoom, they're kind of slouching, and as time goes on, they're sitting up, 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 and they're like sitting up straight by step two, even more firm and more alert and happy by steps six and seven. So that's what's been working not only for me, but to help other people with that I'll pass. Uh, thanks for the question, Connie. And Karen, thank you so much. Such a generous use of your time this morning. It was uh, tremendously helpful. So thank you so much. And we, let me give you the share ID for this presentation uh, this morning, August 28th. That number is 19,338. That's 19338. And we are going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164 in a chapter called Vision for You, and then uh, we will get Karen's contact information following the, uh, the end of the recording. And with the planes from O'Hare in the background, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.